it's my very distinct pleasure to introduce uh, Simi Linton, who will then uh, provide opening remarks for this dance performance. Um, as some of you met her virtually this morning, and um, now you'll get to meet her in person. And I want to thank her particularly because, as you can imagine, for those of you who know Simi's work and her dedication to the dance, which you heard about this morning, uh, she was a great deal of the inspiration for the entire flow of this uh, particular uh, version of our conference. Um, and so I want to say thank you to Simi and um, also just give you a brief moment of her bio, uh, which is very extensive because she's just done an incredible amount of work on this topic. As a writer, consultant, and public speaker, Simi Linton is one of America's for foremost experts on disability and the arts. She works with a diverse range of cultural organizations, theater companies, film and television producers, museums, nonprofit arts organizations, universities, and other groups across the country to improve and to increase the way disability is represented and depicted in all art forms. Simi is co-director and producer of the forthcoming document documentary, Invitation to Dance, which is based on her memoir, My Body Politic. She is the author of Claiming Disability, Knowledge and Identity, which was also mentioned in the panel this morning, and numerous articles on disability. Simi was on the faculty at CUNY for 14 years, leaving in 1998 to develop her consultancy to filmmakers, artists, and cultural institutions, and including us, we are grateful for her help, working to shape the presentation of disability in the arts and to increase the representation of works by disabled artists. And so I'm very glad to be able to introduce to you Simi Linton. Thank you so much, Janet, and as I've said to Janet and Catherine and several people, thank you so much for bringing all my best friends to New York. I really appreciate it. I'm having a wonderful time. Oh, let me um, raise up here. Um, this in increases my cultural authority, I think. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> Life above, uh, among the able-bodied has its, uh, well, never mind. <laughs> we have before us today, as the culminating event in a, in a robust day of in disability inquiry, the GIMP project. It is indeed a project about GIMPs and about GIMP-dum, but make no mistake, it is first and foremost a dance performance. The GIMP project serves the art of dance. It is a creative endeavor. It stretches the boundaries of art, and it yields the kinds of pleasures that only the arts afford. The GIMP project breaks with tradition, but it comes to us. It emerges from the avant-garde in modern dance. It is the brainchild of Heidi Lasky, who imagined it, shaped it, and realized it and whose experience in boundary-crossing, genre-defying dance led her to this point. So that is what brings the GIMP project to us. What brings us to the GIMP project? What prepares us, the people in this room, to witness it, find meaning in it, enjoy it? Let's start by thinking about the history of dance long before performance. As Barbara Ehrenreich describes in her wonderful book, Dancing in the Streets, A History of Collective Joy, dance is a universal phenomenon. It has existed since, you guessed it, the Stone Age. <laughs> Ehrenreich even contends that humans, 
who have engaged in collective bonding rituals through dance have had an evolutionary advantage. The bonding advantage is rarely seen in modern society with the notable exceptions of the Woodstock Festival and the dance at the Society for Disability Studies. Now, how many of you have been to the dance at SDS? Oh my God, I can barely stand to be in the room with you folks. I feel, I just, I feel this sadness coming over me. Oh gosh, you're going to remedy this situation. It will transform your life, I promise. Okay. Over the millennia, dance was transformed from what Aaron Reich describes as conga lines seen in cave paintings to more mannered, contained, scripted practices social dance, and then eventually in performance. What is not described in that history, or at least as far as I have gone in my research, is what types of bodies were included in dance across this enormous time span. Whether people who we would in modern times describe as disabled were included both in community social dance and then eventually in performance. What I do know is that when I entered disability, there were injunctions against dancing. How did I know with such certainty, not only that I couldn't dance, but that I mustn't dance, that I shouldn't dance? How did I, as a young woman in my 20s, know that I shouldn't flaunt my body in any way that brings attention to it? So there were the couldn'ts, the sense that I had that because I couldn't dance the way I did in my non-disabled state, that I wasn't able to dance. And there were also the injunctions, the social constraints that I felt that I understood that told me I mustn't dance. There were no signs on the walls at Studio 54 that told me that. I just knew it. I certainly didn't imagine disabled people performing on stage back then. There were no physically integrated dance companies in the, in the 1970s, at least that I knew of. GIMP is a physically integrated dance work, meaning that there are both disabled and non-disabled dancers in the company. I have been astounded by the growth in recent years of physically integrated dance companies. Some estimate that there are about 100 such companies in the United States and many more around the globe. There is, of course, the GIMP project, Access Dance, Full Radius, Dancing Wheels, Danceability, Kanduko in the UK, Touch Compass in New Zealand, and, of course, many more. The companies struggle to be understood as dance companies solely because the presence of disabled dancers seems to signal to some people that there is an endeavor, that this is an endeavor of a totally different sort. And some of these people are dance critics. Other trends and developments have led us to this point, this presentation of the GIMP project. Consider the disability rights movement. It seems to me that the natural outgrowth of the struggle for rights and justice, the push for integration, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is dance. Dance is our declaration of independence. The dance floor is the ultimate site to stake our claim to public space, 
the place to enact coming out rituals, coming out narratives. Then consider disability studies. Just looking around the room, we can trace the genesis of the GIMP project in Sue Schweik's work denuding the virulent impulses behind the ugly laws. That scholarship finds its ap I can never say this word, apotheosis on the dance floor at SDS. And reconsider today, after you watch the GIMP project, Rosemarie Garland Thompson's examination of the human act of staring. In my own work, I have come to focus on dance, both social dance and performance. In fact, it interests me so much that, is, that it is a theme in the documentary film I am making with Christian von Tippelskirch, the man over there with the camera. I think dance is the ultimate frontier in disabled people's claim to full citizenship. From the time I first dipped my little wheel onto the dance floor at a friend's party a few years into the disability game, I, can, I became convinced that dance is, the, is our most useful weapon to fight against the imposed shame and alienation. Dance is the place where disability rights, disability culture, and disability studies come together. My absolute favorite place to dance is at SDS, and it is an astoundingly integrated environment. Disabled and non-disabled people engaging in a collective free-for-all, a magnificently unruly, chaotic example of the collective joy that Aaron Reich describes. Now, Heidi Latsky had never seen the dance at SDS when she conceived GIMP Project nor do I think she conceptualized GIMP as an outgrowth of the disability rights movement or of disability studies. Heidi is an extraordinary dancer, and she knows dance. She danced with the Bill T. Jones for company for many years before leaving to form her own company. She imagined the GIMP project because she is bold, <clears throat> curious, and creative. This choreographer, who thought about the ways that bodies move, and then began to think about the ways that bodies not typically seen on stage move, and then began to think about the ways that bodies typically seen on stage, and here today you will see wonderful exemplars of that type, might dance together with disabled people to weave a whole much bigger than the sum of its parts. So, ladies and gents, the GIMP Project.